are listening to the 256 Daily and this is the show which gives you a roundup of what's making headlines and what's really uh, going on in the print daily newspapers. Okay, so going on to the new vision, the new vision has a cover page story which says uh, opposition parties fight over 15 billion government cash. Okay, so this is the headline for the new vision. And they also say there are over 270 jobs and 370 tenders inside. Okay, so there's quite a lot of stories happening here. KCC sets a date for election of Kampala market leaders. And Ugandans lose 35,000 jobs abroad. And uh, going on, we also have a story which says over 4,000 schools failed to reopen. Okay. And there is an interview here with Justice Owini Dolo, and he warns against violence in elections. Okay. There is also something to do with uh, Rebecca Kadaga, the Speaker of the Parliament, calling for more women representation in boardrooms. And uh, there is something here to do with the story of Diamond Trust Bank and Hamis Chigundu. And it says nationalism, last resort of the scoundrel. So scoundrel is something uh, to do with someone who is dishonest and unscrupulous. So we shall see what they have to say about this. And JJ Odong uh, speaks out on NUP police raid. Okay, so JJ Odong, the Minister for Internal Affairs, has spoken out finally to shed some light on the NUP police raid. Okay, so let's start with the cover story here on the cover page. So the story is talking about the 15 billion that was given out to be shared by political parties who have MPs in parliament. Okay. So as you all know, iPod uh, is the umbrella body where these political parties unite. So the details of the stories are unfolding and uh, the opposition is accusing NRM of taking the lion's share. However, the Minister of Finance on Tuesday 13th released this money and actually strong-armed Electoral Commission to make sure that uh, NRM takes the lion's share. So, according to the chairperson of iPod, Asuman Basalira, who is also the president of JEMA and also a representative from Bujiri Municipality, he says this money should be shared equally in accordance to the 2010 Amendment of the Political Parties and Organizations Act, Section 14A. And he quotes that this law says government shall finance political organizations and parties on equal basis. So this is uh, the ground he's standing on to contest the way this money was distributed. So the way they distributed this money, NRM, which has 293 MPs in the 10th parliament, got 12 billion. FDC with 36 MPs got 1.5 billion. DP got 15 Sorry, DP has 15 MPs in Parliament and got 600 million. UPC has 6 MPs and got 300 million. Okay, so this is how the money was divided. And uh, if you all remember, there was an iPod summit which was held at Protea Hotel in Entebbe. However, the FDC didn't show up. So during the iPod summit, they discussed increasing this money from 10 billion to 35 billion. Yes, so of which... This 35 billion 
15% of it will go to iPod as a body to try and sustain the, act the activities in which it engages. Okay, so that's the cover story for you right there. Going on, KCCA sets the date for election of Kampala market leaders. So elections for Kampala markets, uh, these are the 13 markets of which uh, three of them are abattoirs and uh, the 10 of the others are markets. So all these are going to have their elections starting October 26th and these elections will be held over a number of days. So this was announced by Benny Namugwanya and they give you a background that in 2011 Attorney General Chidu Makubuya and Minister for Gender, Labor and Social Development Saida Bumba, they were forced to resign after controversy where they compensated Brigadier John Mujeni a sum of 14.9 billion and Hassan Basaja Walava a sum of 142 billion. So in total they dished out 156 billion shillings in compensation uh, regarding the controversy surrounding the markets in Kampala. So there was a lot of protests from the vendors and actually Kenneth Kakuru from the Constitutional Court overturned this compensation and said that the High Court should set which amount should be refunded by Hassan Basaja Balava because it says it was appropriated in error. So this is one thing to look out for. And uh, Kenneth Kakuru cited that uh, the sale was illegal since it had no attorney general's advice. Okay, so that's it about the KCCA vendors and the market's controversy. So going on, Ugandans lose 35,000 jobs abroad. Okay, this has been revealed by Becca Akantambira from the UAERA, which is the Uganda Association for Recruitment Agencies. So he says that uh, Ministry of Gender, Labor and Social Development didn't consult with them when making a decision to restrict the labor export activities when the airport closed on October 1st. Sorry, when the airport opened on October 1st. Okay, so he's saying they didn't consult them and this is really putting their work in limbo. So about 35,000 Ugandans who are set to travel to the Middle East for jobs, they have lost those jobs. Okay, going on, over 4,000 schools have failed to reopen. And of these 4,000, uh, we have about 4,259 schools which were not cleared. Okay, so this is the accurate figure. 4,259 schools were not cleared. And of these, 3,823 3, are primary schools, 446 are secondary schools. Those which were cleared are 16,956. Yes, 16,956 schools were cleared. And of these, 14,319 are primary schools and 2,637 are secondary schools. So the Ministry of Education was using a scorecard on which it was making a decision whether a school should reopen or it shouldn't. Okay? So... If you scored above 60% on this scorecard, I don't really know the details of the criteria, but if a school scores more than 60%, it will be cleared for opening. If the school scored between 50 to 59%, it would be put in a pending state. So, for example, they don't really have uh, the materials that were recommended uh, to, to be followed when uh, putting in place the SOPs. Okay, so you would be pending to open. And if the school scored less than 49% from this scorecard, it would not be cleared to open and Ministry of Education would advise them 
Minister of Education would advise them to give out the students that they have to other schools which can accommodate them. Okay, so all in all, a certificate of compliance was issued for those schools which were cleared and the ministry goes on to advise parents that before you pay any school fees, please make sure that the school has the certificate of compliance. Okay, so that's about that uh, when it comes to the schools. And going on uh, to the interview uh, that was uh, conducted with Chief Justice Owen Dolo, he was sworn in on September 8th as the 13th Chief Justice of Uganda. Uganda, and in an interview, he pledged to bring judicial services to all Ugandans and ensure that cases are handled in a timely manner to counter backlog. So this is his, maj his major focus. Uh, since he was sworn in. So he says that uh, as a member of the Constitutional Assembly, term limits should have been entrenched. In other words, the term limits when being put in the 1995 constitutions, they should have been fortified from manipulation whereby a referendum should have been conducted rather than just a sheer vote of majority by the sitting MPs. He also regrets having not pushed for this during his time in the Constitutional Assembly. So this is the only regret that he has in his legal career. And uh, going on, he says he prefers to have 150 high court judges from the current 60. So he's not really sure that he will achieve this, but this is something he's going to push for during his tenure as the Chief Justice of Uganda to increase high court judges to at least 150 to try and uh, uh, maintain some consistency when it comes to having a lot of backlog okay and he also says that electoral laws on those committing electoral crimes should be barred from participating. The electoral laws should be tightened, whereby if someone engages in electoral fraud, like voter bribery or manipulation of results, they should not be nominated to run in a by-election, and they should also be banned to run for at least two terms. That's about 10 years. For 10 years, they should not be able to run for public office. And he says this will instill some discipline and sanity when it comes to elections. Going on, Rebecca Kadaga calls for more women in boardrooms. So she says female representation in C-suit and managerial position remains low. As you know, the report published by African Development Bank, which was titled, Where Are the Women? with a big question mark. It revealed that from the top 307 African companies, women constitute of only 14% of the managerial roles. And uh, this gives them a fraction of one-seventh of representation in managerial roles when it comes to corporate life. Okay. So in the report, Randa uh, came, up, came on top and if you all know globally Iceland is the leading country when it comes to gender equality and on the continent Rwanda is the leading country so when you try to look at this uh, Rwanda has a lot of women in employment in public service and in managerial position simply because they lost a lot of their male population during the genocide and the women had to step in and assume these roles so this is something good so Rebecca Kadaga also hinted on the Institute of Corporate Governance Bill, which he said will be passed within the 10th Parliament before it closes. Okay, so that's those are the remarks from uh, Speaker of Parliament Rebecca Kadaga. And going on, here there is another story about Diamond Trust Bank versus Hamis Chigundu. And uh, in his view, Paul Busharizi actually argues that there is a possibility that Hamis Chigundu is in fault. So Paul Busharizi goes on to say that 
If you look at the case, Hamis Chigundu might have seen the loopholes. If you go back to the 1990s and early 2000s, there was an amendment which raised the capitalization of any commercial bank to be in possession of at least 25 billion shillings, which is about 10 million dollars. So in his case, Hamis Chigundu required a loan of 11 million dollars. And this loan, uh, if you look at the loan amount of 11 million dollars, it's about 40 billion. So 40 billion is above the threshold of the capitalization of commercial banks in Uganda. So Diamond Trust Bank had to contact Diamond Trust Bank of Kenya and they loaned out this money to him. So he says there is a possibility that Hamis Chigundu might have not paid the loan. However, he had money sitting on his account. So the bank had to pay back that money by capturing that money. So as a matter of fact, that if there's a possibility that he defaulted, and the money was removed from his account, he saw the loophole of Diamond Trust Bank of Kenya not being licensed by Bank of Uganda and filed a lawsuit where the ruling favored him. So this is his point of view. Very interesting and complicated stuff right there. You should also remember that a bank is not liable to loan out any amount which is above 25% of the threshold loaned of the, thres the threshold on its banking, uh, I don't know how to say it, uh, on its books, if you may. So if it does this and loans out an amount which is above 25% of the money on its books, it puts uh, the server's deposits at risk. Okay, so going on, uh, the last story that has been covered in today's new vision is JJ Odong's remarks on the raid of NUP offices. So the Minister of Internal Affairs says that uh, the police raid on NUP, uh, he gave this interview from his country home in Orugo County, Amuria District. And he said that uh, this was necessary because they had an intelligence tip that the NUP was in possession of gazetted security organs where they also had NRM equipment and he says they might have had ulterior motives to cause chaos on how they were planning to use this. And uh, if you all remember last year, the Attorney General says say that there was no law being broken by NUP or People Power Movement wearing a red belt However, in September this year, UPDF gazetted the Red Beret and Tunic attire as a preserve of the UPDF attire. So I think they just uh, went on to gazette this and that's when they carried out the raid. However, Bobby Wine claims that 23 million shillings was stolen from the offices during the raid and this has set them back as far as their campaigns go. Because in addition to the 23 million, they took a lot of branding material and this has set back their campaign. However, they have been able to raise the 33,000 signatures. So they have 33,000 signatures and they have submitted them for verification. Okay, so that's all that I have for you from today's new vision. My name is Derek and thank you for listening to the 256 Daily. Bye-bye.